when I'm bored, just like you sometimes, or maybe people are going to judge this, but I do Only enjoy you. some TikTok. It's really just you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm deep in now too. It's just do you a try weird, to limit yourself? It's, so but it's a weird algorithm because like whatever you see or search, then that's all you get. Then Whereas do, you, on, do you get a little frustrated at that? Yeah, because on Instagram, too. you still yeah. get some variety, not yeah. a ton, but like on TikTok, I'm, I'm a little frustrated that it's so narrow yep. of a I agree. topic window. It brings me to my topic on hair. I'd like to talk about hair. Okay. Because I was looking up, well, one came into my feed about trending haircuts. Okay. So now all I'm getting is hair. And I'm like, enough with the hair. Yeah. But let me tell you, have you noticed this, Jacqueline? There is a freaking old style hair trend. Like crazy. Like I'm not uh -huh. making it up. Yeah. Okay. Like I promise I'm not making it uh -huh. up. Like people are coming to their hairdressers and saying, can I please have Farrah Fawcett? Pamela Anderson's there's a Pamela Anderson haircut now right now where uh -huh. they're all wanting to get that like yeah um, the big wispy curls Stevie thing. Nicks was what there's also this other Ransted what's do you Ransted Linda Ronstadt that's that's it way to go Jacqueline I can't believe you saved me there because I can't remember but she has a power voice she does oh she also she has a really iconic haircut Yep, and that people are going in for her haircut too. So I'm starting to feel like this is this is my theory now because uh -huh. my hair has been kind of like you know the same forever. And well, we I, forced you to change it, it a little, but it, a little bit, right? <laughs> you would now but, you would have been on trend if you no, kept it. <laughs> well, and I even with like the fact that I have some like wing right here yeah. and a little bit of like that, people are trying to be like me now. Yeah, that is what is happening in the world. They're yeah. like. So don't change your hair and over time it well, will come back around is what I'm saying. I don't know if I've ever, I think it, maybe I've told you this before I knew you in terms of like, Oh, did you know my as hair? As a friend, know your name. Oh, we knew your hair. You knew my your, hair. your hair was a conversation <laughs> in our house because for anyone listening who doesn't know, Sunday's a musician and she would be on stage at our church. And I was, um, you had the Kind of like big curls yeah, going. Yeah, big curls. I did. Oh, God. I'm, yeah. Okay. So this is interesting because yeah, yeah. on the, maybe this is more on the guy side of it. I don't know. Joe, you tell me if you're a little more in, up with sports, but it, it seems to me like in the, um, the decades before the 2000s, yeah. every decade was like a trend. And you can literally mm -hmm. say like the 70s or the, the 80s, 80s and it means certain things. Right. And now, because uh, of social media uh, and stuff, it's like things change every week, it yeah, seems like. it does. So there's no clear, like, from 2010 to 2020, this was the trend. I'm not Bell sure. bottoms, you know. And so with guys' hair, it seems like it followed more the, like, honestly, usually the soccer players. Yeah. Americans mm -hmm. don't realize mm -hmm. that. But yeah. Like, yeah. The soccer players would start the hair trends, and then they would, like, filter oh, into America. Yeah. It would uh -huh. filter into the other sports, and mm -hmm. for 10 years, you'd have that hairstyle. Yep. And now it's like every player has a different style. So and you, don't, you don't know acceptable. what to do? Yeah, I think you're right there. Because okay. hairstyles, everything in general, because even like your point, 2010 to 2020, like it was like neon, like 80s were in, 90s yeah. started coming back in. And mm -hmm. then you realize you have like different friend groups in different decades now. Yep. And I really do think it's because of social media. Well, I mean, like yeah. you have a little bit of a mullet over there, Joe. And I have to yeah, tell you, I when I first heard that that mullet was coming back and yeah. I was like, it's a lie. I am sure it's a lie. Like we made fun of mullet after mullet forever. Oh, that's but of every joke for a, probably a decade. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's back. Look, Look at Joe. That. I know. Look, Look at that. that mullet happened. Beautiful. Now you have it to go to a... our YouTube channel yeah. in order to yeah. see yeah. Joe's to mullet. To see the mullet. This is all yeah. a trick. Shag. I also wrote that. I mean, like the people are just going in and asking for the shag haircut too, which is just like lots of layers up on top and then kind of long hanging down like yeah. this. Wow. I know you're fascinated by this topic. Well, but... I am because that's so <laughs> funny because on our, our next episode... One of the things I wanted to talk about was like, are the '90s coming back? Oh, cool! Dude, so we were right on. They've been yeah, back. They've, they've been, been yeah, back. They have. I'm too late. Yeah. yeah. Are we too late? Should we stop this right now? <laughs> I, I forgive you there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for chatting. I wanted to give a coaching shout out for just a minute. Um, so sometimes what we have is we have groups of people that we work with for those that aren't listening to us. I think sometimes people think we work with just individuals. Mm -hmm. We do, but we have groups. And so we have this one group, um, a cyber security group, so much fun to work with. And I just had to give a shout out actually to uh, one of our coaches too, Dana, Rock and Dana, who worked with a manager there who is really struggling with this feeling of overworked. Oh yeah. I remember overworked. Uh -huh. And so she just coached him and said, listen, don't take on new projects and push on opening up and saying, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Or they're going to continue to, to not hire. And because he put his foot down about yeah. this particular area, they got, they hired someone and started to bring him some relief. And that was such great coaching advice. Not always easy to follow Yeah, because you're afraid that like, Oh, am I going to look like yeah. But his cup was so full, he couldn't take in any more. Yeah, that's a good shout out. I, did we already talk about this one? There was a similar one with oh, a different man. team where it was like the the manager said, oh, I'm like people are, uh, I'm too overwhelmed on my calendar. And there was, there just wasn't any space. And what they came up saying, in the coaching session was <laughs> that he actually had an open door policy that he was really proud of. And he really pushed that with the teams. He was like, yes, open door, mm -hmm. like come in mm -hmm. anytime. Cause he was trying to be a very right. like open, accessible leader. Awesome. Yeah. But it was actually sabotaging his calendar. Totally. It was really similar. How it was yeah. just that one little Ooh. thing that kind of really unlocked a mm -hmm. lot of the problems. Yeah. Nice work, Dana. Yeah, it was really, it was a really encouraging one. That was oh, cool. That's All cool. right, so should we talk a little about a personality myths since we uh, like to do this? I have for a so many though. It's do hard you, to stick to one. I, I've been thinking about these lately, and there's just so I many I like want to talk about. When I'm talking in life, I have a whole bunch, yeah. and then sometimes when I have to sit down, you I'm get like, on the mic, you're like, wait, what, I don't know anything about one, personality. What is? I think the only myth that this one, it's actually kind of dull now that I look at it. No, we'll make it good. <laughs> we'll make it good. We'll make stuff up and lie. That, and, people like it. Oh, okay. So here's actually a perfect, can I just tell a little story, a tiny story? Like yeah. when I was uh, obviously extrovert in my personality, but when my younger years, whoa, you know, like really an extrovert. So, <laughs> um, but I used to, in, in high school, sometimes really admire the introverts and just be like, look how mysterious they are. Yeah, They just seem so cool and yeah. awesome. And I was always like, come on girl, you can be like them. <laughs> you can do this. And I used to feel like today I'm going to, oh no, I would break it. And like, so I flew off to college in Texas and I remember telling myself on the plane that I was going to be an introvert in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I get it. I've thought that too. Because they were just so cool. It is easier to be cool because of the mysterious part yes. as an introvert. We've talked about this, how musicians... Yeah, like Nick Jonas has that. Yeah, like, so one of the myths yeah. is people think, oh, if you're on a big stage, if you're a big celebrity, you must be more extroverted. Right, no. Introverts That's actually occupy more of the yep. onstage mm -hmm. group. And it's because they view the crowd as like one entity, like one big 
yeah. while they're talking to. Yeah. And they can be cool, more, more mysterious yeah, and therefore kind of more enticing on stage because mm-hmm. of that. Like, what, what are you thinking? What do you, yeah. you, you're, you don't give as much away. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. I love that. So the myth is that changing for the sake of others will actually stick. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. I wanted to change for the sake of others, but you will still. Sunday trying to become an introvert. <laughs> Let's just break this down for I a second. Joe is just snickering over there at the thought of it. I, I think it took. I think, <laughs> I think she's an introvert now. Yeah. Anyways, that's an interesting. So yeah. you can try. Now, that doesn't mean we can't develop, right? The other sides of ourselves, but changing she's trying to take it all serious. For the it's sake just, of no. others, well, it, it just doesn't matter. I, don't, that's I it. don't laugh at you. I've thought that kind of thing many times. You thought I should be more introverted? No, but for myself, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I definitely <laughs> wanted to be more mysterious because I Jeez. give too much away. And it's yeah, like, me too. You're not cool. Mystery gone pretty quickly when I walk into a room. <laughs> yes. Darn it. And then there's mysterious Jacqueline over there. We're always wondering. What is she thinking? <laughs> I just think it's so funny that as a teenager, you thought that introverts were mysterious. I did. Because I would say as an introvert, well, I always just felt like the quiet, like I've, yeah. like, what am I trying to say? Like the extroverts were like the cool ones. Yeah. Like they were the ones that like everyone flocked to. So it's just funny to hear. Yeah. Both sides of the, you probably... My husband's an introvert too, and his best friend Jay is a freaking extrovert. And Adam used to be like, "How does he do it? Yeah, how does he walk into a room and talk to five people at once? You know, it was like this <laughs> magic." And he was so envious of this. But Jay will tell the story and say, "Oh, Adam had all the girls following. You know, because yeah. he was kind of this handsome. Like, who are you? Do you like me? Do you not?" And so I thought, interesting perspective. I feel like yeah. I'm rethinking my entire high school experience. <laughs> there was probably a whole flock of boys <laughs> <No>. thinking, <laughs> who is yeah. that girl? Yeah. That's yeah. funny, though. Anyways. All right. So last month, I, I did an episode on Gen Z's, and I said I was going to do a series. So this is part two of Gen Z's. Part one got a lot of discussion over on that one. It was on like, YouTube. oh my Lord. A lot of people are angry. <laughs> they, I am not a very liked person right now. You have to be really secure in yourself. I was actually talking about empathy and understanding Gen Z's, but I think uh, it brought some heated discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I do actually, we were talking yesterday how we've all actually enjoyed the negative comments because I do think I do generational too. conversation mm-hmm. sparks a lot of emotional response, but also, uh, you know, you got to love the trolls who don't listen to the whole right. 20 second clip. I, God forbid you listen to 20 full seconds to get the context. <laughs> right. And I actually have a, two Gen Z kids and I really was, I really have a lot of empathy of yeah. trying to understand it. I felt like that was coming from such a place of trying to understand, but I get it. And opinions welcome. Yeah. So when well, people have yeah. their own experiences, yep. I think too sparks those comments. Like, yeah, they're frustrated in their workplace, for yeah. example. And yeah, they are. Yeah. So today, we're. I think they'll they'll love me after this one because today we're talking about what it, what is it that people love about working with Gen Zs? There is a uh, things that people love that they bring to the table. And I'm just going to highlight those. Yeah. And and by the way, this was through reading articles. This is like not just Sunday's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Through reading articles, watching YouTube, YouTube, having my own Gen Z children, and then interviewing some some Gen Zs too. So here's what I hear. is I mean, this one's no surprise that they keep up with the pace of change. 
because of that, they actually are great change agents for you in the company. You know how it is. You hear about the generations that are afraid of certain things of change. Millennials are great at this too, though. It's just Gen Zs have come right along and been like, sure, technology is changing. Something's changing. I'm not afraid of it. Bring it on. And they actually find it to be a challenge to learn something new. They get bored quickly. So they're like, actually, change is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And as a millennial who likes change and innovation, I I even feel intimidated by the pace they can change. Yeah, you can. Uh, This one is the one that first came to my mind and every single article I read said this one. This was a consistent compliment. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be surprised that it's that they have an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah, it's baked in. It's why like I get so frustrated at Greenhouse about like when we have to parse apart entrepreneur conversation versus not entrepreneur. Yeah. Because that generation and like even my age of entrepreneurs, it's like it's all one thing. They actually think Mm -hmm. most of them, Mm -hmm. I forget the stat, it was like around 90% of surveyed kids in like grade school say they're going to have a business. They're going to do something entrepreneurial. Doesn't mean that's their only thing. Doesn't mean that's how they define themselves, how older generations think of it. It's just part of life. Mm -hmm. You have a side business, you have some hustles or gigs, Mm -hmm. or you do a little of this or that. You change all the time what you do. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the mindset, which I think to people like me makes sense. Yeah, But to people who aren't, who are, older and not entrepreneurial. It's like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, I had an interesting conversation with Cynthia, my Uh 20-year-old. We were kind of debating one time. Uh One time? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Many times. And one of the things she, I I think she was leading into the conversation around feeling like you guys stuck with your jobs. She was kind of getting mad at me with that old, that thing where you guys stuck with your jobs no matter what. Yeah. And I said, you know what? In all fairness to us, that is different for you is you have, she's like, there's so many other ways to make money. There's side gigs, there's side hustles, they're this. And I'm like, yeah. You have but those options. You have those. <laughs> when we were growing up, yeah. if there was a side hustle, we didn't know about it. Unless somebody was talking about it at school, there wasn't a lot of ways to be incredibly entrepreneurial except for a big sale or like, you know. Yeah. And to go after anything entrepreneurial, you had to have investors. You had to be able to get a loan, big loan with the bank, which was really hard. Yeah. You had to like have the ability to hire people and buy buildings like now. Yeah. And from your dorm room for free, you can start a business and have everything you need. Absolutely. I mean, and think about how hard it was to market. So what a compliment to this generation that they have those capabilities. But yeah. you're right. That's probably why we stuck with it. Because it was like, it's either this or have no food. <laughs> Whereas now, like Cynthia, she, you know, she flips furniture. She can just be like, a little low on road to rent today. Go pick up a couch and sell it for 200 And she's like, met the rent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have known where that couch was for the life of me. You yeah. know? So I love... I love this about their generation that they can, they have so many, and they're not, they're, they're definitely um, less risk averse Averse, yeah, Yeah. Uh, in, in that way as well. Yeah. I think it's a overall good thing too. And it'll Mm -hmm. start to, I think, solve some of the bigger like global issues because Mm -hmm. the fact that corporations got so much power was so much of the problem. Like name any big global problem. And it's pretty much because Mm, like the profits of big corporations runs the world. Now you've got like, once that like generation that. has grown up and technology yeah. is just kind of, I mean, all of a sudden people have options. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, like, gosh, if I had Uber, I would have drove, driven Uber so much oh my gosh. to make extra money. Me like, too. <laughs> Me too. I would have. I love that they have that that way to. Yeah. So the next one is um, they 
fight for flexibility in the workplace. But I know some people see this as a negative, but the truth is it comes from a really good place is that they're like, these are people with actual needs. Look at them, look at the person and recognize that they have children, that we have days in which we think better in our alone space. And so they're fighting for that hybrid workplace and we all are, but they're really like, it's it's a, it's a part of their values. Yeah, now. they're expecting. Yeah, it, they're expecting. Which it. Just feels like the difference. Yeah. And I think, okay, so let me talk to the side of maybe the like manager or leader or business owner because sure. I I struggle with this one. I think about it every day because I I am with you. I think what they're bringing to the workplace is amazing, and it's what I always wanted, and I think it's so good for the world. Yeah. I think what's so challenging and organization big organizations are really trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah because they're based on a command and control structure. Yeah. But even small organizations and myself included, I'm like, but it's so tricky because like the second they start doing what you want, the giving, doing the freedom you want to give them, it makes it impossible as a leader to know where the boundaries lie. Oh yeah. For example, Mm -hmm. we've Mm -hmm. always paid people for like a 40 hour work week. (laughs) So if there's no such thing as a 40 hour work week where I see your face for 40 hours, how how do I know how much to pay you versus him? Mm -hmm. How do I know like if you're doing the job or not? Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a good thing because it it forces managers to be more outcome driven, which is what they always should have been. Sitting at a desk for 40 hours and producing nothing. That's a great point. But it's still really tricky because you fall back into those habits I find myself always falling back into the habit of like, oh, yeah, but you got to be there because I did that. (laughs) I had to work my ass off and be at the desk for those hours. So like you do, too. And it's like, how do we readjust that mindset? I think we actually need to do a whole. Yeah. And I actually love that you're talking about this. And I love that. I also am going to admit that I don't have the answer. (laughs) It's so hard. I think it is what organizations need to be talking about yeah. to come up with their own solutions around it instead of dismissing it, which is what really I'm trying to bring awareness to, right? Yeah. And you are too, that it exists. Yeah. So measure how we measure, how we, we measure. Because like I have a friend who um, is a graphic designer Yeah. and she can make her own hours. You know, it's basically just her. She yeah. has a couple of people who help out, but uh-huh. so now they move around, they live in a different state every couple months and yeah. they just whatever. <laughs> yeah. Easy, right? Because there's no judgment that needs to be made about her performance. But then you scale up to like the big, you know, Fortune 100s. Well, they have to compare people to mm-hmm. each other somehow. They somehow have mm-hmm. to say how your performance is. Yep. And that's really hard mm-hmm. if like people are all operating on their own rules. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny. I think mm-hmm. I think I get in my head about it because I'm such an advocate for what Gen Z is bringing to the workplace. Yeah. But yet as a leader, I see how it's so incredibly difficult. Yeah. And this makes me think Gen Z's, if you're listening to one of your greatest strengths is that you're very innovative. So come up with ideas to like bring ideas to the workplace around how this, but I mean, if you're going to be like, I want the flexibility, bring the solutions too on some ideas on how success can be measured. I think that's genius. Like bring it up, especially with your older manager who is struggling with that one way because I think it tends to be a quiet, like you say in your camp, I stay in mine. And then we're just like mad at each other. (laughs) It's like, yeah, Yeah. I think if they brought the ideas up and like co-create together with the older generations, then it's so much like everyone's going to be happier about the way you figure out. Like, I agree. And you know, what's really weird is the light behind you is blinking. It's sometimes green and it's sometimes blue. And I just Mm. noticed that. 
Yeah. So it represents it, my mood. It's kind of like a mood it? ring. It's so right my now, mood your stick. mood is turquoise blue. Yeah. But just a moment ago, <laughs> it was green. Yeah. Oh. Joe, I know. are you guys in with us? <laughs> I just... What you said triggered me, so it changed. When, when Joe doesn't like our point, red's coming up. <laughs> For those of you listening, we do have like fluorescent lights behind us to, I don't know, make a school. What is it? Vibe in it in here. We're just, yeah, bring in some color. Make it right. So uh, he has the power over the controls there. I also, just like a side note, I also think it's interesting how I'll call it more like knowledge jobs can flex and change more than like retail or service jobs. So it is interesting. How is that going to play out with like people who work in restaurants and stores? Well, you can't just like make up your own hours and leave for appointments during the day. It's like, no, you're so, but yet, you know, like those desires are going to come in to play. Mm -hmm. So I actually think I'm, overall with you that I think it'll be a good thing. We just have a lot of talking. We have to a do, lot so, of things yeah. to work out, but it'll be, yeah. I think, totally unrecognizable. The old way of working yeah. in like 20 years, guarantee it's like, what? you won't even recognize yeah, that anymore. Yeah. You know, Cynthia is okay that I mentioned her. I told her I was doing a three part series on Gen Z and she's like, I was like, is it okay to like bring you into it here and there? And Ooh, she said, we should sure. interview her on oh the podcast. Gosh, she would be so interesting yeah. to because her journey has been so interesting. She said one one time, like literally a self-awareness part, like we had a conversation because she's not in a knowledge job. Mm-hmm. And so she was talking to me about how, well, what do you do when you have like a, a really bad day or you don't, you just, I, I just don't want to go to work because something I feel bad happened Yeah, or I'm not feeling well. I, I, we, we just had this conversation. I was like, I think where you need to remember on the other end is that when you say no, someone else is feeling the burden of you not showing up because they're in those jobs where they support each other. Yeah. And honestly, she was a little like, oh, like it Never was like, that. yeah. And that's the hard, that's yeah. actually the crux of the She was struggle. like, oh, that's yeah. right. The other person, it was funny, but she was honest to be quickly like, you're right. And any, anyone who's not Gen Z as a leader, they struggle with those scenarios the most yeah. because it's like, well, when I felt bad, I had to show up. Right, right. So it's that, like, it's that dissonance the same way you mm-hmm. had with maybe like the... And their generation is saying, why? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why'd you do that? If you felt a certain way or you were dealing with why? So there is... I know. Ba- there's almost... got to be balance in here somewhere. But the the fact that they're asking why to me is like worth a discussion. Yeah. And that's why I think it'll be unrecognizable because same way that virtual meetings changed the world from COVID. Yes. Like you had this forcing function. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, now we can live anywhere and we can meet virtually. Yep. So now all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, that changes everything. Yeah. I think it'll be similar with the, oh, I'm feeling bad today. I don't want to come in. Yeah. Right now, everyone's mad about that. Yeah. But in 20 years, it'll be somehow Somehow we will have a new workplace culture where that's doable. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's the norm. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what that's that gonna looks look like, like either, but maybe I, there's some sort of balance there yeah. too. But yeah, I'm with you. It'll definitely yeah. happen. The next one I want to call out is that they seek training opportunities. They that when they're interviewing for jobs, they're saying, "How? What are you going to do about my professional development and my training?" Mm-hmm. It is an absolute must in every interview that's happening right now. Is they want to know how are you going to help me develop? So yeah. that's that's a plus. That, that's not something I'm think I was asking, especially right out of college when I was trying to get my first jobs. Yeah. I was just like, oh, right. Thank you so much for the job. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think it's one of the Gen Z things that's not like, oh, they're so needy and they're so like 
whatever. Yeah. I think it's again, uh, it's, it's driven by technology because Mm -hmm. now, like, for example, my dad, he learned a job and he did it his whole career at the same company and then he retired. Right. Now things change every day, every week. So you have to be a learner and you have to always be training and learning or else you're irrelevant. Yeah. Other than like very few jobs, you know, like an archaeologist, maybe it's just always doing right. it the always same. Always doing that. <laughs> but, but most, most kind of like knowledge jobs are, you have to relearn constantly. Yeah. So it makes sense. Of course, they yeah. require training because they just know inherently. I don't even think they think about it. They just it's like intuitively know like you yeah. have to always be learning mm-hmm. or else you're, mm-hmm. you're nothing. Right. Um, so that's one that I'm like, I stand with them 100%. Yeah. I think it's. I love that needed about them. And yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. The last three are just really quick ones. They're just, we know th- that every Gen Z in an interview now is asking about the company's values. Mm. And they're asking that because they want to know if their values align with their values. And if they don't, they won't take the job. <laughs> so, but they're asking. So if you're on the other end, be prepared to answer what you value because they're looking yeah. to see if there's a match there. Mm-hmm. They're also very motivated by a balanced life. We know this. They're like, the <sighs> They just, they don't care about things the way that we, you know, like there wasn't there, there's this whole joke about, oh, great. My grandmother's going to give me all the dishes from her and and their generation's like, please don't, yeah please don't, because they just don't, they want a little bit more. They're more about the experiences. Millennials really started to step into That was one of the characteristics, like, oh, they value experiences over things. Agreed. Yeah. But what I'm noticing about Gen Z is that they take it 10 steps further. So some Gen Zs I know are like, well, yeah, I'm going to get the corporate job for a few years yeah. and I'm going to save all that money. I'm still going to live yeah. super cheap, yep. save all that money. And now I can retire at age 30, right. 32. That's what they, because they want to have fun. And they like, do. I have enough money to travel the world. Right. And then like boomers maybe get mad at that because they think it's so oh. unrealistic. And I get it, but I'm also like, well, like how, they, they kind of played the system better and they mm, made it work. Yeah, They're not I cheating. They, um, they, they really think of work as work and as home as home. It's like, and and both are equally as important. Yeah. That's what I've really heard them say. And then the last one is no surprise at all, is that they care about sustainability, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's it's like, if your company isn't talking about this, they're, yeah. they're not showing up. But what I also have really noticed, especially around the sustainability area, is they're willing to donate their money in anything that has around s- sustainable things, uh-huh. like even if they're paying more for something and they believe that it it's creating a more sustainable future for us, yeah. they're in. Yeah, that is an that is a really awesome characteristic about their yeah. personalities or okay. their their generation. Let me just mention because I know a lot of our listeners would be into this. It comes up a lot with entrepreneurs, and I'm I'm just surprised. Like a lot of people haven't heard of it yet. I find B Corps. Have you heard of this? Have you heard Maybe. of B Corps? Sometimes I'm don't I'm not with the name. Tell yeah. me more. So there's a whole like business entity called B Corp, which mm-hmm. is relatively newer. But there's also just on the non-nerdy side, there's just like a whole organization of B Corps. So Tom's is probably the most well-known one. Mm, okay. Patagonia. Oh, um, so no, I didn't but know. But then a lot of the brands that the people love, more niche brands, are B Corps. And it's just, it's essentially the fusion of like nonprofits that have a purpose and a mission Mm -hmm. and for profit business. It's like, so Greenhouse isn't, but most people would view us like a B Corp. Mm -hmm. We're a for profit business that is driven by a a people centered mission. Mm -hmm. And so B Corp is really cool. And you can like go to their conferences and I don't know, they have all this cool stuff Mm -hmm. that you can 
uh, check out where it's all these companies trying to like do good in the world with their money and with. And their are you company. saying that that so the Gen Zs are really really drawn to B Corps? Yeah, B Corps. It just sounds cool to say. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to that B Corps conference? Yeah, because I am. <laughs> I know it's like uh, I think it's been growing, yeah. but I think it'll explode because of mm -hmm. the Gen Z desire mm -hmm. to like work for those kind of companies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if people are asking what what are some of the key characteristics I need to know about Gen Z, especially in the workplace, yeah. you know, as a leader, et cetera, what 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 do you think they need to know? I think that what they need to know is, if I was just to summarize it really quick, is that they're driven by values, that they want to have purpose in work, that they want work-life balance, that they can be the best change agents for your for your company if you just let them, and that to not be afraid of their entrepreneurial mindset, because that doesn't just mean side gigs on the outset. It means innovation within the company. So the bottom line here is just... See them for, I know it's, this is the hard part is that every, our parents were afraid of us, <laughs> right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And to really, but, but we brought great things in this world and they are too, and employees to just see them for what they bring versus all the things that you feel like they don't bring. That's really the takeaway of this. 